Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back into the Buster Show podcast. Today, we have Douglas Bonaparte on the show. My friend, how are you doing? I'm doing great. It's uh, not to, you know, timestamp the show here. It's been a it's been a long week and I'm lo- I'm looking forward to the weekend to say the least, but not before we have a good conversation. I love it. I want to start this off with a bang. What do you think about Elon Musk? getting into Twitter headquarters and just firing everybody. What, what, what's your reaction? <laughs> I mean, there's, there's been like no shortage of memes of Jeremy Piven from entourage, you know, yeah. going through the talent at the very end of the, at the show and he's blasting people with a paintball gun. Um, enough. We get it. We get it. Um, but yeah, I mean, CFO Prague CEO out. I think I just saw a tweet, some engineers walking out. Um, I mean, obviously, it's hard to not imagine that there's going to be, you know, personnel changes, leadership changes. Clearly, Elon just bought the company. He's he's the boss now. Um, you know, it's it's uh, I, I actually like uh, game time Elon Musk, which is, you know, when when push comes to shove and it, it's time to actually do the deal. Um, I think you start to see. Um, you know, you see the real deal. You see what's really going on. I think a lot of it is noise and you have to tolerate the guy for all the hijinks and memes and jokes and unserious and maybe quirky behavior uh, that exists before game time Musk comes out. Um, you know, and, and there were a lot of quotes that I actually agreed with the, the day he walked in with the kitchen sink, you know, to uh, to Twitter headquarters in San Francisco. So, you know, it's, it's obvious, you know, unless you're a fly on the wall, unless you're, you know, in the room of Elon Musk and and who his, uh, you know, I would say co you know, his investors are as well on this deal. There's a lot of parties privy to uh, helping him finance this. Um, you know, it's hard, hard to say, you know, what's up and what's down, but I'm not really too shook by the fact that there's, there's changes already taken place. Mm -hmm. I think he's being as, now that the deal is done, he's hopefully being as transparent as possible. You know, he's, he's the builder. Let's see, let's see what he does here. It's, it's certainly interesting. And by the way, I feel for, you know, Twitter employees who've, who've had to put up with, you know, God, you know, a story arcs, you know, chapters related. You're so right related to this. I mean, one of, one of my highlights during this whole takeover has been, you know, I've been commenting on it in the media. My favorite one was Vanity Fair a couple of times. I was, you know, I guess like, oh, why is Vanity Fair talking about this deal? But it goes to show you, I mean, who, who wasn't talking about this? And here we are still talking about it. It's the news of the day. You know who I don't feel bad for? The former CEO of right. Twitter who just cashed in over $60 million for a few months work. Yeah, that's that's the other one going around. So it's like uh, uh, it's like Liz Truss on steroids. <laughs> yeah, that is the correct comparison. You know, Prague, I, I actually it's funny right before I got on here, I just tweeted, you know, the very old joke at this point, like instead of paying Prague forty four million dollars to be the CEO for 11 months, they, they could have given every American one million dollars, you know, and, <laughs> uh, obviously the math adds uh, up. Obviously, math's being put to work here. Yeah, I don't think you should feel too bad. I mean, that's quite the haul. 50 mil, 44 mil, 60 mil. Before you know it, you're, you're talking real money. But yeah, he, he's making out for less than one year. Away. He definitely puts uh, Liz and the lettuce to shame here. For for investors, because obviously Elon funded a lot of it, I'm sure, but he didn't fund all of it himself. Do right. these investors expect to make money? Or is this like the highest level branding play that there is for like a... You know, Binance putting in 500 million and A16Z putting in a billion. Like, what's the goal? 
I mean, if they're investors of any degree of magnitude, per perhaps it's some say in something that's favorable to their cause or, or their company, right? It's almost analogous to, you know, donors to political campaigns looking for, you know, some kind of you know, favoritism when it comes to passing law. So here we are in the context of, hey, if we get involved, you know, do we get a better, you know, advertisement deal? I really don't think it's something as, you know, surface level as that. Um, and then the other side is to make money, of course, you know, here's an opportunity uh, to invest in a leader that we believe in. Uh, Elon Musk has made it pretty clear that he wants to unlock the value of Twitter. Um, hard to not agree that that's what he would like to do here after looking at 10 years of really not unlocking much shareholder value. Um, and that's the biggest kind of mark against Twitter is take a good, take a good look you know, at what it's been able to do for investors over the last 10 years. I think my buddy Ramp tweeted, like, if you held, you know, from inception till now or over the last 10 years, I think you made 20%, you know, <laughs> you know, I don't know if a yeah. discount rate was in there. I don't know his math behind that. But a hamster smart. probably could have done better on a wheel. I mean, if you invested in the S&P 500, in the NASDAQ, in, you know, any almost major U.S. equity benchmark uh, out there, you you definitely would have absolutely, you know, eviscerated Twitter's performance. So if you're an investor coughing up 500 mil to a bill to make this happen, it's likely because you want to get you know, a couple billion out of it when, whenever it is you decide to uh, get a liquidity event, but we got a privately held company now. So that's that's certainly interesting. Can't move those shares today. Locked up guys, off off the indices and cash in your accounts. Yeah, I uh, saw, I tried, to, I tried to look it up today. It's not there. Not there. It's funny, Depends. I, I uh, you know, full and fair disclosure, um, I guess I'm no longer a Twitter shareholder. In fact, I <laughs> got liquidated here. But I remember buying, uh, I think in the last year or two, in, in the 30s somewhere, mm -hmm. um, because I figured I'm addicted to this platform and, and I use it every day. I might as well be a shareholder. And, you know, it's pretty pretty much at a low point of its price. Buying products news, you love. Yeah, yeah. Then the news came out, shot into the 40s. You know, I think it flirted with 50s, if I recall. And I remember hedging my bet and selling like half my position in the upper 40s, thinking like, well, you know, he's going to go buy it at 53 and change. You know, if this thing falls apart, let's let's hedge against it falling apart. Um, Probably so the responsible thing to do. Yeah, responsible. You know, you've got the CFP in the house, the financial planner in the house. I did uh, did a little uh, actual uh, active management here and a little uh, uh, risk, <laughs> risk you know, a little hedging here on the risk side of things. It's it's an interesting point you made, though, for especially a company or a, a venture firm like you know an a16z if they invest in let's say 300 companies um a year every single one of those companies is going to be on twitter and something bad is probably going to happen to five to ten percent of those on a platform that in the crypto space in particular is the most important platform yeah. so you're protecting yourself sort of against that because if you own a significant piece of the company and you were there for elon and his team when he needed you know them to be there I'd think that they get some sway, like with a political candidate, like you said. Yeah, I mean, that's that's certainly, you know, something that happens here. Very, very difficult to, you know, get in the shoes of those particular investors, whether it's, you know, Andresen or, you know, a hedge fund or whoever's, you know, going to support Elon here. It's very hard to find out what their motivations are. And you usually don't find out till, till much later on. Adam, you know, cynical finance guy, Doug, wants to say it's your money is usually the motivator. <laughs> you know, like if people are <laughs> trying to secure the bag, 
Um, and then maybe this notion of, of political capital and, you know, network effects and things like that. All of it's in play, but, you know, that's what makes it fun. We're going to speculate and, and probably not know the real answer uh, until some future point in time. Probably. Um, you know, I, I think people online have been saying this for years, but just that memes run the world. Do you think that, like, obviously, 20 years ago, memes had no impact on financial markets? Yeah. What kind of impact do you honestly believe memes have on the general markets? It's a great question. Um, I, I don't even know if it's so much on the markets as its impact in, in our lives. Um, you know, memetic behavior uh, isn't new, you know, um, and it's not something that's, you know, been around. I once wrote a blog post on this. I'm trying to recall, you know, the research I did around it. I think it showed up first in like Wired magazine in the 80s or something like that. Um, and and it's really, you know, these memes are really ways of encapsulating human behavior in, in, a, in a line or a picture or a sound or something like that. You know, it really reaches into, you know, psychology. And I think once people have realized just the power that the, these pictures, these words have and are able to apply it right to the way of distribution or the distribution channels that we have today in this case social media and the internet right the internet came around however you know the pro proliferation of social media i mean i i was one of the first schools uh when i was at university of florida you know way, way too long ago but yeah i was one of the first schools where facebook came to i think it was school number like 16 oh wow so yeah my either sophomore or junior year of college was was really the birth you know, we kept wondering why the cops kept showing up to our parties because we kept posting it on, you know, publicly on Facebook. Wait, actually? Facebook. Yeah, yeah. We we're like, hey, party at, you know, Campus Lodge, you know, 14. No way. And then That's like, everyone, like, why, why do the cops keep busting up our parties? And then we're like, we, you know, we just, it was so new. We didn't realize like we were just, I wasn't doing it, but the kids who were posting like, there's how did a the cops here. get on Facebook without the dot edu? I don't know. I don't know. They, I mean, come on. You, you got the you got the university police having no issues, you know, setting up an account if they wanted to. Uh, so, so, anyways, I guess so. you know, to digress from that, you know, um, it, it took a while to basically have this, you know, online, uh, you know, memory taking place. For lack lack of better words, here, you know, this this is now how we encapsulate culture, media, news, and almost anything. Because it's so quick, you can get to the heart, you know, of what the narrative is. You can make people feel it instantly without having them read, you know, an entire long form blog post. Good luck, do you, you know. Do you think that's do you think that's like regression though or progression? <laughs> it sort of feels like monkeys oh. throwing things at each other a little bit. Is yeah, yeah. I think it lends <laughs> itself to more extreme behavior. Um, I mean, look, there's always a double-edged sword, right? There's two sides to this. One the speed at which communication can travel ideas, thoughts, feelings by virtue of memes or just, you know, a tweet or a post on LinkedIn, Facebook, Snap, whatever, TikTok. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of positive things that come out of that. Information sharing, super high, uh, makes for more efficient markets. The more information goes from A to B. Um, but it also spreads a lot of noise, a lot of nonsense, a lot of hate, a lot of extreme thoughts and feelings and behaviors that get you know, amplified and are usually louder in, in calmer, you know, and what otherwise is a, a more calmer moderate. And, you know, to kind of make that a, a, a 360 or a callback to what we were saying about Elon Musk taking over Twitter, 
he made it very clear. A quote I really liked was, social media and Twitter can become a dangerous place uh, because far right and far left, you know, uh, can can start to become those echo chambers and spread violence. And I agree, like, let's get moderate. I, I am as down the middle kind of guy as you'll want. And in order to really even find out what the middle is these days, you got to go listen to two very obnoxious sides and try and find out, you know, where, where the middle ground is. Yeah, and that, that is some, that is a byproduct of, you know, what we see out of uh, information traveling that fast. And th that includes memes. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. You know, I, I think probably the most interesting thing that I've seen, you know, particularly in, in sports memes, but I've seen it, you know, applied to basically everything else is just, you know, and, and obviously it's true that false information travels faster than accurate information, but memes sort of blend reality and fiction together in a way that's sort of impossible to, to like dissect or f you can't fact check a meme. Yeah. So yeah. That's like yeah, a fascinating... sources, sources. Trust me, bro. Um, and this is going to give way to deep fakes and the AI stuff that's on oh, the that's, horizon. It's, it's on the here. horizon, yeah, it's coming. Very much coming. Uh, will very much be a factor in our lives, almost on an everyday basis, and not necessarily in a good way. Although it will breed innovation, greater security, and things we need to, you know, worry about. Well, my daughters have to worry about, you know a fake version of themselves ruining their reputation in high school businesses, learning about CEOs, deep faking, you know, earnings calls, um, uh, presidents, leaders of countries, um, scary stuff. The more we talk about it, I mean, but... because yesterday Facebook, I mean, uh, I'm spoiling when we recorded this, but you know, just recently, uh, Facebook reported their earnings and dropped 20% in a minute. I mean, if that, if that were deep faked one way or the other, I mean, there's hundreds of billions of dollars of financial impact. Amazon yeah, as well. It's already bad enough. You know, it's already bad enough. There's, uh, you know, a hundred fake Buster accounts, you know, on Instagram. I don't know if, you know, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're popular and, and they're all you know, very flattering. I yeah. have, there's an account out there that just posts photos of my nose. And I think that's a, <laughs> I think Internet's that's a, a good thing. Internet's a weird place. Weird I actually place. I would be more amused with someone posting a picture of my nose or shoulder, you know, on a, an account than someone literally trying to, you know, get someone to sign up for a Forex trading account or some obnoxious crypto scam pretending to be me, you know, that I work in wealth management. I'm a registered professional. I don't want that. Yeah, I don't want that shit happening. I don't want that going around. I have a reputation and a business. And, you know, so when I say, yeah, this stuff's dangerous at all levels and even at a personal level, um, you know, just just us wait, you know, and, and see the kind of stuff we're going to have to deal with. But I'm a positive guy. I'm, I'm generally optimistic. Like if there's really gnarly slash technologically cool bad stuff, there's also got to be some really dope cool stuff that will improve yeah. our lives. So um, let's not forget that. You know, you can't even taste that sour stuff without there being some really sweet stuff there, too. And, and uh, it's a guessing game. I said just what that is and how awesome it will be. So, yeah, I think, ver you know, verification is obviously going to play an even bigger part in the future. And, you know, I remember it was originally created so that you could tell the real celebrity from the fake celebrity accounts. Um, but, you know, it's going to definitely become with deep fake much more. Yeah, yeah, you have mil you know multi-million follower anonymous accounts, whether it's finance, pop culture, sports, you know, and uh, these folks can move markets, they can move information, and um, we're going to see just kind of 
certainly in the guise of Twitter and Elon, mm -hmm. uh, who seems to be pretty motivated to create a digital town square that still has to abide by, you know, some level of rules and still has to have decorum and still maybe needs to know who you're talking to and whether that's real. And that can apply to anonymous, you know, accounts too. That there, there, There's ways I'm sure to go about that. But yeah, um, we should probably be moving away from, you know, for folks who have, I guess, blue checks. And, and then there's the negative connotation. It's just media journalists, woke libs, you know, that, that have been, you know, <laughs> honor, honored with some, you know, approval from the social media gods. Um, I get it, but yeah, probably uh, should maybe re-examine how these functions, you know, how those types of things work to protect individuals and protect brands and businesses and value, shareholder value, business value, and all that kind of stuff. A hundred percent. I want to ask you about some TikToks I've been seeing recently that I'm sure you have as well. Yes. It's these tech employees yes. who post their day in the life videos the life. and they're just not working. They go in, they talk about how they're working out. They yeah. talk about how they're socializing and meeting friends. They talk about how they get snacks and they eat all the food there. Yeah. And then they talk about how they go outside and tan and then go back to the gym and go home and then go out and party. And these people are getting paid, you know, by these fang type companies. What do, what do you make of all that? Because I see <laughs> it and I'm like, oh my God. And to top it all off, they post it on the platform yeah. that they don't work for. <laughs> so the specific one you're talking about, one of my, one of my really, a, a good friend and one of my favorite accounts on, on financial Twitter is TikTok Investors, which has been a uh, a good place to go catch a lot of these videos. A lot of the, all the cringeworthy oh my financial God. related or just straight up cringy, you know, the cringiest TikTok videos. And I'm, I have it pulled up on my screen. I'm watching it because I remember commenting, you know, 9,000 likes and depending on who shared it first, obviously um went went viral you know number one i i actually went on TikTok. i hate going on tiktok because i don't know i just feel like i don't belong we'll see uh also data china hmm, not not quite sure here we'll see um but i went on tiktok to see if this <laughs> i want i was gonna do a reels like a side by side and just like provide some commentary on it and only noticed that like that that uh tiktok that tick that post that post was taken down and yeah if you're like no, hey, they took it down well yeah come on if you're if you know if you're her boss's boss or some exec and you're seeing this thing go viral and Too okay late. so One's so let me take a step back so i wanted to say number one it was you know i couldn't find it it was taken down that's number one mm -hmm. um number two let's talk about these types of videos right at, at this point there are so many of them it's almost impossible to tell if someone's you know doing it ironically or they're actually doing it because, oh, I want to do it too. I think this is cute, right? Like the I think it's video. mostly the latter. Yeah, <laughs> scary. <laughs> All right. So, you know, the the issue I have is the lack of self-awareness of, of, of how, you know, and these are going viral because of how it's coming off. And like, I, I went totally old man, boomer shaking, you know, yeah, Abe Simpson shaking his fist at the cloud, you know, if you know your yeah. needs. And I was like, this is nonsense. I, 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 I actually love the fact that, you know, there are employers who provide such amazing perks, you know, to their employees. Um, who wouldn't want that? Let's be very real about that. But show me that plus 
how hard you're working and, you know, something about the productivity that you're doing that makes this all worth it. You're like, hey, you know, look at all this stuff I have that allows me to do X, Y, Z. And I get it. I get it. What, what are we going to do? Uh, have you show me the Excel, you know, spreadsheet you've been working on? That's not very entertaining. Um, but there are probably, if you're really being a creator and creative, you, you can show those ways, find that balance. And maybe these videos wouldn't be, you know, anywhere near as cringe as, as they really are. Um, honestly, it's only cringe when the company's lost 80% of their market cap. If this was an employee at Apple, it wouldn't be cringe. It's only no, it when still, it's- it would still be cringe. You think so? Oh, 100%. 100% because, again, rather, uh, it's super cringe on the heels of, you know, that meta drawdown and uh, horrendous beat, you know, and how many billions of dollars put into the metaverse. Uh, it pains me to say respect to Mark, but, you know, it's really hard trying to pull something from the future into the present, right? Like I have a lot of respect for him for that. Yeah, I, yeah. Nobody he just, else is doing that. He YOLO degen gambled the uh, metaverse play here. Yeah. He's, probably, he's probably like five, six years ahead of his time. We'll see. We'll see an iteration of this. He wants to beat Apple to it. Maybe, maybe we're wrong. Maybe, uh, maybe my commentary and jokes are, are wrong. And he's, I'm rooting you know, for he, him. Yeah. He's playing the longest of long games here on a piece of tech that will be very dominant in our lives at some point in the future. And, perhaps you know he doesn't have any more money to make i mean he's he's already billionaire status so yeah maybe maybe the joke's on us but i think it has less to do with the drawdown and more to do with you know probably a a, a statement about where we are in in what employees uh get and what they're able to produce and the value of what it is they're paid there's obviously not a lot of transparency there um you know if you, you can go to you know websites to find it out but the what's coming out of a video like this is oh my god you know, right? Um, this is why their stock is down. Maybe not, you know, but look at this behavior. Look at this. Look at these spoils. Look at them do nothing. I have no idea what they did all day because this video is representing like this. I got dressed, want to look cute, worked out. All of that was not work related and vanity like, right? Mm -hmm. Into, okay, I'm finally at work, but I'm doing anything but work except my journal says, excuse me, says vibes. <laughs> My issue, again, you know, coming back to it, the lack of, <laughs> I, I truly believe there's a way for a content creator to do a video like that justice. For and sure. Get engagement. All it has um, to say is, and, they and, just then don't. I, and then I worked really hard during the day. From, tw from 12 to 4, I did. Right. From 12 Anything. to 4, I was in 10 meetings, including in all hands. I closed the deal. You don't have to tell us the deal. You can't tell us the details. Can't you can't us bring that. us in the client meeting. That's confidential. But I did all of the, yeah, I did X, Y, and Z, closed the deal. It was a big day for the team. But, you know, and we went out for drinks after. Cheers. Boom. A lot, a lot, maybe still cringy, but a lot less cringy. Yeah, I think I think that would even be positive. But it's funny how that small of a change makes that big of a difference. You think it's the you thought it was the latter though. I I I think they I think there's a more than a tinge, more than a hint of they know what they're you know that this particular video and a lot of them they they know what they're and doing. They just want attention or what? Yes, engage. It's engagement bait, and I'm not gonna knock it. I tweet for engagement just the same by telling jokes. Um. You yeah, know, maybe Doug I should say, do a day in the life of Doug Bonaparte. You, you want to see me sit down here all day and talk to my clients and shit post on Twitter? I mean, it's yeah, it, it's, exci it's exciting. Like, so I walked in the park yeah. and then I had coffee. 
no, it's it's like so. My kids woke me up at six forty at five. I made coffee. <laughs> it's the same. Started, it's the same yeah. tone of voice yeah. every they time. Bang, they begged for Gabby's dollhouse, and then I had to yell at them eight times to put on their shoes. Um, one put their sock on their hand, and here we are. Oh and it's God. off to school. <laughs> well, I, I want to be respectful of your time. Where where can people find you uh, best on social? Yeah, I'm thirsty to grow that Instagram. I mean, big on Twitter, Doug Bonaparte there, Doug Bonaparte on Instagram. Help me, guys. Help me become Insta famous too. No, that that, that, uh, that sounds desperate. I'm desperate. No, just kidding. Um, Follow me on either platform, either one to go to. Twitter is probably where I exist the most, bonafidewealth.com for anything actually professional related. Google it. It all, all roads will probably lead to some joke somewhere. I me, love I'm, it. The jo- I'm the joke. I'm the joke. We're all the joke at this point. We're all just one big joke. All right, everybody. We'll see you next time. Thank you.